Chapter 40 of Snarled Identities. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Steve Peterson, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Snarled Identities by Nicholas Carter. Chapter 40. Nick Outlines His Campaign. In a moment, Dr. Lord and the nurse were back at the patient's side. I must ask you gentlemen to go, the physician said crisply. This has been too much for him as it is, and any further excitement might cause serious complications, if nothing worse. There was nothing for it but to withdraw, and to hope that the effect of the interview would not be as serious as the doctor suggested. Fortunately, the detective instinct had been strong in Cray, notwithstanding his condition, and he had covered the ground pretty thoroughly, surprisingly so, in view of the few words he had spoken. His statement about the suitcase and his description of the car might prove particularly valuable. Nick took pains to interview Simpson, his wife, and the servant before leaving the house, and then paid a visit to the garage. He smiled as he noted the subterfuge of the underground gasoline tank. Quite clever on the surface, he remarked. But Simpson seems to be a queer mixture. He impresses you at one time with his cleverness, and at another with his stupidity. I don't see anything stupid about this, Griswold objected. It strikes me as very ingenious. It permitted him to dig up the ground to his heart's content without arousing suspicion. True, conceded the detective. The ordinary person would have seen nothing strange about it. But doesn't the presence of a gasoline tank underground, or any other kind, strike you as a little peculiar when the man owns an electric? The millionaire looked very sheepish. I'm afraid I must plead guilty to stupidity as well, he confessed. That didn't occur to me, and I doubt if it ever would. The two detectives made a thorough examination of the little garage, the ground about it, and the pile of lumber, as well as the road at the rear. They found some fingerprints and photographed them carefully after bringing out other details by artificial means. They were inclined to believe that some of them belonged to Gordon, and if so, their discovery would prove valuable. Beyond that, however, they learned little. Well, we had better part company here, Chick, Nick told his assistant. I'm going to let you pick up the trail of the electric car and follow it if you can. See if you can locate the machine. Probably it has been abandoned long before this, for it would have to be recharged before it go very far. Doubtless Green Eye remembered that, and deserted it before such attention was necessary. Still, if you can find where he dispensed with it, you can get a clue to his subsequent movements, especially as he was burdened with a couple of very heavy suitcases. Consider me on the job, was Chick's ready reply. I'll work right away and keep going as long as the going is good. How about you, though? What are you going to tackle? I shall go home at once, Nick replied, and go through the safe. I must find out which records are missing, and when I have learned that, I ought to be able to catch the rascal sooner or later. You mean that he'll be sure to visit some of the people interested, or to write to them and you can nab him in that way? His assistant asked. That's the idea. If Green Eyes hasn't learned of our return, and I sincerely hope he hasn't, he won't lose much time in getting to work at the blackmailing business. 
and you may be sure he'll choose some of the most tempting of the local people for his first victims. Chick held up his hand. I get you, he said. That's just what will happen, unless he's scared off, and he'll work quickly for fear you may return earlier than you had expected and get wind of the whole thing. Alongside of that, my job seems pretty punk, but you're the general. Your job is a necessary one, and we may need all of the dope on Green Eye's movements that we can get, Nick told him. Very shortly afterward, they separated. Chick remained behind, while Nick and the millionaire re-entered the car and started back to the city. Very little was said on the journey. To be sure, Griswold seemed willing enough to keep the conversational ball rolling, but he soon found that Nick was of a different mind. He was glad, therefore, when the detective's house was reached, and Nick stepped out of the machine after instructing the chauffeur to take Griswold wherever he wished to go. "'You think you can catch him, then?' the millionaire asked in parting. Nick gave him a strange look. "'If I fail in this, I'll shut up shop,' he replied. It was said rather lightly. But Griswold was a shrewd student of character, and knew that famous nemesis of criminals— was in deadly earnest. End of chapter 40